how many of y'all have heard that in a movie or seen that in a, in, read it in a book, Dead Man Walking? You know, I looked back to kind of see what all that, where that originated from, and we all kind of know what that means. Man is condemned to die, who is on his way to die, but he's still walking. He's still upright and walking for the moment, but he is destined to die and destined to die very soon. And uh, so that's kind of what we see in this scene here, is uh, he's on his way to death row, awaiting certain death, knowing that he is going to pay for all of the crimes that he has committed. And so, dead man walking. Dead man walking, you hear that, just kind of rings throughout the halls there. Rings throughout our ears. You know, I think that uh, a lot of people think that 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 type of thing is where the phrase dead man walking started. But this morning, I think we're going to look and see that maybe it started long before that, long before it was used to announce the, the dead man walking to his, his death. I believe that it, uh, we see in Scripture where we are all dead men walking. This morning, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. If you want to go ahead and head that way, if you're using one of the Pew Bibles, it's on page 1317. Or it will also be on the screen as well. So we're going to read through those those ten verses, and we're going to come back and talk about them. Uh, we're going to break it down and see what God has to say to us in this place this morning. Starting there in verse 1. And although you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you formerly lived according to this world's present path, according to the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the ruler of the spirit that is now energizing the sons of disobedience, among whom all of us also formerly lived out our lives in the cravings of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even though we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. He has raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus to demonstrate in the coming ages the surpassing wealth of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, we thank You for Your presence here with us this morning. As we sang just a few minutes ago, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. God, I pray that you would come, you would speak to us, that you would awake our sleeping ears, our sleepy minds, God, and that you would speak to us. And God, that we would leave here changed, not because of what's been said or what's been sung, but, but God, because your word has been spoken and we have met with you in this place. So God, I pray that you would speak to us now, that you would challenge us. God, I pray that you would change us. And I pray that you would just bless our time together today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, we're going to go back and look at the first three, first three verses and just see what all it really has to say about us. Maybe. There we go. Starting in verse 1. And although you were dead in your transgressions and sins, first of all, it tells us that we're dead. We're sinful people. We know that. We know that we are... We are born with a sin, sin spirit or a sinful nature. 
in which you formerly lived according to this world's present path, according to the ruler of the kingdom of the air, who is Satan, the ruler of the spirit that is now energizing the sons of disobedience, among whom all of us also formerly lived out our lives in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. That doesn't make us sound very good. That, that, that description as we run down there and we go through all these things. All these things who we are when we are when we are dead. When we are dead in Christ, when we are dead in our sins. That it's, it's not a very flattering list that we read through there. But it does fit us. That is who we are without Christ. That is exactly what we are. Is we are dead men and women walking when we are without Christ. We have all these sins, all of this weight on us. And so we are destined for, for death, separation from God, eternally in hell, without the salvation of Jesus. We're going to look at that in just a minute. But first of all, we need to recognize who we are. We're dead. We're beyond repair. We're without value because we're, we have sin in our lives, sin in our hearts. We could do nothing to help ourselves, and we could do nothing to add to the work of God because we are dead in our sins. I think we can all kind of begin to, to grab a, a picture of that, get an idea of that. Um, you know, I, I come from a nursing nursing background, and so I'm in a hospice background, so it's all kind of in my head. But a patient has hope as long as they're only sick, but once they're dead, there is no hope. They can't, can't hope anymore because everything that they, all the decisions that need to be made, all the things that need to be done, need to be done before a person is dead. As long as you're just sick, there's hope. And so this morning, I want to bring you hope. I want to talk to you about the hope. Because we are sinful people. We are people who are dead in our sin. We are, we're not flattering. We may think, you know, we may have a high opinion of ourselves. and say, okay, I'm pretty good. You're not. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Uh, none of us are. None of us are that great. None of us are, are without sin, without guilt. So uh, we need to remember that. And some may think, well, you know, I've... I've Man, I've been a Christian since I came out of the womb. I was singing Amazing Grace. And, you know, saying, as soon as I got out, I could quote John 3.16. But, you know, it's really impossible for to be a Christian from birth. Because when, basically when we're born, we're dead. Because we have a sin nature in us that requires the gift of God through Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. We need that to to the righteousness that only God can give, that can give us life. And so, uh, first of all, that's where we're at. We need to figure out exactly who we are, what we are, and, and look at ourselves in, in, in relationship to who God is. We are sinful. God is not. Um, if anybody, anybody wants to raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm not sinful, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but I think there was only one. And he's here, but you just can't see him. But um, there's only been one that lived a completely sinless, perfect life. Otherwise, all the rest of us are sinful. We all have sin in our hearts and in our lives. So going on, in fact, from verses 1 through 3, we're going to pick it up in 4. God being rich in mercy because of his great love and with which he loved us, 
Even though we were dead in our transgressions, we've already talked about that. That's who we are. We are dead people walking. We're dead in our transgressions. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus to demonstrate in the coming ages the surpassing wealth of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. There's so much to be found in those verses right there. It's, it's just chock full of, of things for us to look at this morning. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna settle in on a, a couple of words for just a little bit. But God. You know, in the first few verses, we talk about who we are, how we're dead, we're dead in our sins. We are sinful people, all these things that are very unflattering about ourselves. And then all of a sudden, when we come and we follow that up with, but God. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even though we were dead in our transgressions, He made us alive together. Those are two very powerful words, but God. I think we've all had but God moments. Uh, my testimony of me being a, a dead man walking is, is very, very true, very personal to me. And we all have our stories of, of being a dead man walking. I'll just kind of bring a little bit of my, my history, a little bit of my background in uh, about a little over 10 years ago, um, typical guy, I didn't go to the doctor, you know, um, it's been maybe 10 or 12 years since I've been to the doctor, and I was very, very reluctant, gentlemen, anybody else, yep, wives nudging, yeah, but, uh, so I, I was very reluctant to go, I got to the point where I couldn't breathe, I looked horrible, I, uh, I couldn't do the things I needed to do, wanted to do every day. I was exhausted. If I sat still, I fell asleep. Um, so luckily I went and saw a doctor that I had never seen before. I didn't know him from Adam. He didn't know me. But uh, I went and he ran a bunch of tests and said, I, I don't know. You know um, I was relatively younger then, so um, things were going on in my, in my body that shouldn't have been going on, I guess. But, you know, somebody in the early 30s. But uh, I got a call the very next day from, from that doctor. And you don't want a personal call from your, your doctor. Let me just tell you, that's unless they're a very close friend, which we were not. We had just met the day before. But he called, and he, he basically just said, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to tell you this. He said, I think you got leukemia from all the, your tests that come back. That's what it looks like. And so we need for you to come in this afternoon. We're going to type and cross and get you transfused tomorrow. And got you an appointment with an oncologist in, in two days. And so things started moving really quickly. And uh, God really just did a great work in that and in aligning us with the correct doctor. And we, uh, he already knew what was going on with me before I even walked in the door. Because he had seen, he had seen some of my blood and had already looked at it under a microscope and could tell me what it was. And it, it's, it turns out that it's a, it's a rare autoimmune blood disease where, uh, if you're medical, this may this will be interesting. If you're not, this will bore you. Just, just come back in just a second. Um, it's where my body destroys all my hemoglobin and all my platelets. And I'll just tell you, for non-medical people, you need those. You, you kind of need platelets and hemoglobin for, for your body to continue to function and continue to live. 
and my body was destroying all of them as fast as I could make them. The good news was, it wasn't cancer. I wasn't, I wasn't going anywhere right away. Um, but the bad news is, it was, it was fairly serious, something we needed to be taken care of. So we started treatment, and it was, you know, a lot of stuff that I didn't like going through, but we learned a lot throughout the way about that disease and some of the things that go along with it. Um, when I say I was a dead man walking, it just seems like everything kept coming around, and it was just an opportunity for a but God moment. You know, I started off within my first couple of months of, of being on treatment and coming through that disease. I developed a blood clot that went all the way from my shoulder to my wrist, and I developed one that went from my hip to my ankle. I developed a tumor in my neck that they had to take out that was non-cancerous, but as a result of that surgery, I wound up having multiple blood clots in my lungs, and it almost died from that. Um, it, it was just a God thing, because again, I was trying to talk myself out of going to the hospital for that, because I couldn't breathe, but I went reluctantly, and it's a good thing I did, or I wouldn't be standing here today, but it was just, it was, all of those things are about God things. You know, a few weeks ago, uh, we, I, I came out of remission from this, this same disease, and uh, we, uh, we had to start treatment, uh, spent five weeks doing uh, oral chemo and intravenous chemo and those sort of things, and we're doing the last five or six weeks, and you know, we don't know what what lies ahead there. We, we pray for permission to come back. But one thing that kind of brings it all back together is the God. Yeah, these all these things are there. All these things are, are, are happening. I don't like them. I don't like where it's taking me. Um, and I feel, and I do feel like a dead man walking some days. But God shows up. And it doesn't matter what we're looking at in our lives or what we're going through in our lives. Follow that up with, but God loves us. God cares for us. Maybe you've lost your job. But God loves you. God cares for you. Maybe your marriage is in shambles. But God loves you. God cares for you. He cares about what happens. Those are two very powerful words. We can be in the deepest, darkest part of our lives, but God is there. We can follow that up and find great comfort in the fact that God is there with us. We were dead, but God has a great love for us. But God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his, his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through him. So there's a but God. But God loved us. That we were dead, but God loved us. We were dead, but God is rich in mercy. Aren't you thankful for his mercy? For his mercy that he has on us? The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He is patient and demonstrates great loyal love. He does not always accuse and does not stay, stay angry. He does not deal with us as our sins deserve. Aren't you thankful for that one? He does not repay us as our misdeeds deserve. For as the skies are high above the earth, so His loyal love towers over His faithful followers. 
What a great love. A great, powerful, merciful God. We don't get what we deserve. You know, in our culture, we're like, ah, I just, I just want what I deserve. Do you really? Do you really want what you deserve? Because uh, I'll be real honest with you. All you and I deserve is death and hell. But God, through His love, His mercy, His grace, has given us a way that we do not have to pay for what we have done. Because it's already been paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? We were dead, but God saved us through His grace. There in chapter 5, even though we were dead in our transgressions, made alive us together, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you are saved. I am thankful for His grace. It's one of those things that I don't deserve. It's something that I never could have done for myself. God did for us what we could never have done for ourselves. I can't provide, I can't provide a Savior for myself. I've never seen a dead person try to do CPR on themselves and try to give themselves life. When I was dead in my sins, dead in the, the things of this world, I was unable to bring myself back to life. I was unable to bring life back. But God in His love and His, His mercy, His grace, He loved us enough that He made this way for us to do things that we could not do for ourselves. He breathed life into this dead man. Set us free from the bondage of this world and of Satan. Are you glad to be set free? Now when you're set free from something, I, I don't know that I've, you know, I, I worked in, in the prison system for a little bit and had some, some inmates that were, that were released. And when they, when they were released, when they got out, they weren't just like kind of moving out of there. You know, okay, you know, I'm, I'm done. No, they were excited to get out of there. They were excited to be set free. They were set free from the, from the bondage. From, they had created it for themselves, but they were set free from this. And so they were excited about it. So when you are set free... The Bible says that you're set free, you are set free indeed. You're set free completely. But how many of you are excited about the fact that we've been set free? We've become indifferent. We want, you know, we're just kind of like, okay, we've got our fire insurance. Um, our fire insurance salvation will go on. We're free. I can kind of do whatever I want to do. But we, we forget what God has done. We forget what, what He's provided for us. And when we think about about what He has done for us and the way that He has provided a way of escape for us. This kind of gives us a little bit clearer meaning when we think about being set free. What Jesus meant in John 10.10 when He said, I came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. When we think about that, a lot of times what our minds automatically think of abundant is like more stuff. You know? He's coming, He's given, he's given life so that I can have more stuff. But Abundance has has two different two different ways. Abundance it could be an abundant high, it could be an abundant low. But God came that we could have life abundantly. He's with us through the ups, the downs, the, the good times, the bad times. He is with us. He's giving us life abundantly. He sustains us through these things, through these times in our lives. And so that's why he came, so he could have that life abundantly that he would sustain us through. And so he didn't, 
come to help us live the American dream so that we could be financially secure and have all the money that we could ever want. He came that we could be set free and that we could really, truly live. That we would know what it was like to be dead and live. You know, I, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of stories, you know, uh, that, that go around a lot of movies. We hear them every several years, you know, about people who have, have uh, died and gone to heaven and come back. And, and, and I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Although, so I'm not going to tell you what to feel about those. But, you know, I, I can't imagine what awaits us. I can't imagine what awaits us in heaven. To be free as we will be in heaven, I can't even imagine not being held down by the dead, this dead weight that we have here. But think about what awaits us and what Jesus has done for us so that we can really, truly live. Now, it's not that we wait until we get to heaven to truly begin to live. We are to live while we are here on this earth. We are to be alive. We are not to, to wander around somber, sour face like you just sucked a lemon. You know, oh, Jesus saved me, you know, I got it, you know, and that's, that's why we look sometimes, you know, we look like we just sucked a lemon, but we ought to be excited, we are set free, you know, we, we, the sin is, has been paid for, we don't have to pay for it ourselves, so we should be thankful, we should be excited about these things. Salvation is described as a gift dependent on grace through faith, we talked about. Because man can never attain salvation on his own. God had to provide a way for us to have salvation. And this is what he did. He sent his son to die for for us in our place. To pay the debt that we owe. We couldn't do that. There's no way that we could pay enough to pay for our our own sins. So that we could be clean, so that we could be free. I want you to think about this. A dead man can do nothing. So, if God required us to do something to work for our salvation, first of all, it's ridiculous. Because a dead man can do nothing. So, if we work for our salvation, that's, that's an impossibility because we are, we are dead. But then also, second, that would mean that, that grace doesn't exist. It's because of God's grace. He saved us through His grace. It's not because of anything that we do or anything that we have done. Says, for by grace you are saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not from works, so no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus, for good works that God prepared beforehand so that we may do them. Focus in on that first part there. By grace, you are saved. It's nothing that you and I can do. A dead man can't do anything to bring himself back to life. It's because of God's grace, His love, His mercy, His compassion on us that He breathes life into us, forgives us, cleanses us, and raises us up as a new man. But it doesn't say He just raises us up. He raises us up with Christ. To be, to be with Christ. And I don't know if you... Wrap your mind around that. I don't even know that I can wrap my mind around what it means to be seated with Christ. But that is a that's a very that's a very powerful position to be seated along with Christ. God has not only saved us, He's not only set us free, but He's He's, he's given us life and He says 
and he set us up with Christ. And so, now, the only action that, that we do, you know, we talk about works, you know, everybody tries to do good things, and we all want to do good things. We want to be known for, you know, for, for doing decent things, and for being a good guy. But that is not what saves us. That is not what frees us. It is only through the grace of God that we are saved and we are free. It's not that anything that we do. If we could do it ourselves, then we would catch ourselves going around bragging about it. Look what I did. I took care of my own sins. Did you? Yeah. And so, I mean, I can see us trying to one-up each other. Well, I took care of ten sins today. What did you do? You know? Um, so we would be bragging about it, you know? And, and so it's nothing that we can do. We can do nothing for that. Our only action there, John 6, 28 and 29, says, What shall we do? so that we may work the works of God. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. So, as far as works go, the only thing that we need to do is believe. That is, that is the only thing that we need to do, is believe in Jesus Christ, and His, and his saving power, His love, His grace, His mercy towards us. We need to trust in Him for that. But anything else, we, we can't do. We can't, we can't do anything to, to work towards our own salvation. Now, towards the end of that verse, he talks about the works that are, have been uh, prepared beforehand so that we may do them. Those works, the things that he set, set up for us to do, that's not so that we are saved. That is things we do because we are saved. That are, that are things, those are things that we do because we are free. Things that we do because we are alive. Those are the works that, that we're talking about here. You can't work your way into salvation. You can't be good enough to, to get your salvation. You can't earn your salvation because it's already been paid for. All you have to do is believe and receive that salvation, receive that freedom, receive the new life that comes through Christ. But you have to be willing to, to turn loose and, and receive that. Allow God to to come and to, to, to bring you new life that you cannot get for yourself. So basically, there's three kinds of people. There are there's those who think that they are living, but you know, they're doing all they're doing great things. They're involved in all these civic groups that, that are doing things. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything bad about civic groups and those sorts of things. But that is not. That is not what saves us. You've been really thinking, okay, man, I'm involved in this, I'm doing this, this is a good thing, I volunteer here, I, I work in the nursery, you know, uh, three or four times a month, uh, you know, whatever, I, I do all these good things. You can do all those good things and still be dead. You can still be dead inside and not, have, not be alive in Christ. So there's some, even sitting in this room today, you think that you're alive, you're trying to act like you're alive, but on the inside, you're, you're dead. There's no life there. There's no living there. So that's the first group of people, and, I, and I'm sure in a group this size we've got that group represented. But then second, there's those who are alive, but living like they're dead. And I think that that is something that we see as an epidemic in, in churches, in our culture right now, is we see a lot of people that, that say, yes, I'm a believer. I, 
I, I believe in Christ. I accept his, his forgiveness. I trust him. And, and then as time goes by, they allow the, 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 the sin, the mess of this world to come in and to, to, to cover that, to put that, put that light over, which, you know, um, they covers it up. And so there's a, that group of people who, they're alive, but living like they're dead. And I think that that's what we find a lot of people in the local church, and not, not just here, but in globally in the church, who are technically alive, but living like they're, they're dead. Living without the power of, of, of Jesus, or the life of Jesus. And then there's a third group, and it's those who are dead without hope, headed towards hell, unless you receive the free gift of eternal life that God has bought and paid for through His Son, Jesus. Each and every one of us fall into one of these categories. We, we either, you know, we have, we're, we're free in Christ, and sometimes we forget that we're free. Sometimes we forget what God has done. Or there's some that may think, yeah, I, I'm, man, God and I, are, we're, we're good because I do all these things. Because I, I, I do all this stuff. And, and it's good stuff. And so, yeah, God and I are, are fine with all, all the while. You know. And then there's the third group. Dead in your sin. Um, beyond repair. Not useful. Only a, a, a touch from God can change that. Only the power of, of God can change that. Only the love, the grace, the mercy of God can breathe life into that person. And so you have to get honest with yourself and figure out, okay, where am I at in all of this? Do I, do I, do I have it all together all the time? Um, am, I, am I living like I'm alive all the time? Am I trying to live like I'm alive all the time, but on the inside I'm dead? Or do I have the life of Christ living at all in me? And I think we have to ask ourselves these questions. It's important that we ask ourselves these questions. God already knows the answer, and we can put on whatever face we want to put on for Sunday morning or whenever we come to church. We can make it look like we, like we're alive and we have this vibrant relationship with Jesus. But on the inside, it's ugly. It's full of sin. It's, it's death. There's nothing living that we can put, a, put on that face. Like everything's, you know, everything's peachy keen. We're all good with God. And on the inside, there's no life there. So I think it's important that we get very honest with ourselves. Because God already knows. And so you need to know where you are in this, in this spectrum. What are you one of these type of people? So, what we need to remember is we need to remember that first we were dead, hopeless, helpless in sin. We were, we were useless in our sin. But God has great love for us. He's rich in mercy. And He saved us by His, his grace, by our faith, by us trusting in Him. That's how He gives us life. We're dead in our sins, but God offers us life. So this morning, are you living like the living? 
Are you living like one who who is is thankful to be free? Are you excited to be free? Are you assuming that you're okay with God because of all the good things that you do? Or, in the quiet, in the still of the night when it's just you, you know that you don't have life in you. You know that, that, that you're dead. And that you need, you need life breathed into you. And there's only one way for that to happen. And that is for God, through His grace, through His mercy, through His power, to come and breathe life into that dead body. And then, when you're raised from, from the dead, you know, throughout the scripture, anytime people were raised from the dead or they were healed, again, did they act like those that we were talking about who get set free and they just kind of kind of wander around? No. Um, they were jumping, leaping, praising God, singing out to Him, telling other people about what, what has happened, that they're free. This is what has happened to me, and I want to tell people about it. I'm free. I've been, I, this is who I was, this is who I am, and this is how it happened. We need to, if you're free, live like it. If you're, if you're alive, live like you're alive. If you're dead, believe in Jesus and he will, he will bring you life. He will breathe life into you. And he will raise you up and seat you with Christ. Believe in him. This morning, I'm going to ask that you would just, that you would bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody touching each other, nobody looking around. I just want to, just a moment between you and God and just, um, he, like I said, He already knows, but I want you to, to wrestle this to the ground. Where are you in that, in that spectrum? Are you alive? Are you one of those that thinks that you're alive, but you're actually dead? Or are you one of those that, yes, when you get gut level honest with yourself, you know that you don't have Christ living in you. Where are you at? I would say that the majority of people are those who are alive but don't live like they're alive. They don't live as those who have been forgiven of much, who have been forgiven of all of their sins, myself included. But then there's also a great number, even in our churches today, who are dead in their sin, headed towards hell, unless they believe on God and allow Him and ask Him to breathe life into them and to raise them up. So there's all those represented here today. Those that maybe. Maybe this morning for the first time you're hitting the realization that, yeah, um, I, there's, there's no life there. I, I, am, I am dead in my sin. I am covered in my sin. I am, I, I, I cannot move because of my sin. I know that there are some here this morning, that's where you are. And this morning I want this to be, this the day that changes everything for you. That changes your your outlook changes your eternity, changes your heart. 
And I want to lead you just through a very simple prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. It's not the words that mean it. It is your attitude of your heart. But for those who are here this morning, and you're sitting here, and you've heard this, and you know that short of God breathing life into you, you are destined to spend eternity in hell, separated from God. This is your time. This is your moment to change your forever. And so, in your heart, in your mind, just pray, repeat this simple prayer for me. Pray, dear Jesus, I know that I am full of sin. I know that I am dead in my sin. I know that I deserve death. But God, I ask you to forgive my sin. Breathe life into me today. God, I give you my life so that I can be filled with yours. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for your grace. God, I pray that you help me to live as one who is alive in you. Amen. For some of you in this room today, it's the first time that maybe you've gotten gut level honest enough with yourself that you've prayed that prayer. If, you, if that's you, would you please tell somebody, tell, get with Ross, get with me, grab, grab somebody one of our deacons, one of our elders, um, and just share that with somebody. But if, if today is the first time that you have realized your, your need for a Savior, your need for life. And so I want to encourage you to do that before you leave this place today. If you if you'll stand, we'll be dismissed. So as we go from this place, live as people who have been forgiven. Live as people who are free. Live as people who are alive. And go out and change the world with your attitude, with your heart. And go in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. We'll see you next time.